Ready to get your business social media on? Settle in, because leveling up your business social media is here on the EGen Solutions Podcast with host Jennifer Sennett. Welcome to the show. So today I am so excited to talk with Glodine Champion. And for those of you that have listened, you know, I always say the last name wrong. I don't know. It's a mental thing, but I said it right today, didn't I, Glodine? You did. Glodine Champion is a transformational uh, leader who specializes in personal growth, leadership development, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I said that in the wrong way, but every time that I see you in your post, this is why I'm so excited to speak with you today, is that you are always talking about love. And so I'm really curious how with everything that you do through DEI programs and workshops, love is your main focus. And so tell me more about that, please. Sure. So first, hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too. I'm excited to speak with you. First of all, I did not seek out to be this love messenger, but after George Floyd was murdered, I went inside myself and asked, what can I do? Because I didn't know what was going on. And I found out like almost a week after it happened. So the answer came back, love. And I took that message of love and just ran around telling people I love him in my rights where I live. Because I thought that was the thing. And I was posting on, on social media, we should love each other. How did that go? If I can interrupt you when you were telling everyone you love them. It actually went great. The best experience I can say that I had was on the beach. I hadn't said I love you to anybody that day. My dog ran up to this couple, to the woman of the couple. So I just stopped them and, and said, can I talk to you for a second? And then I said, I love you. I wish nothing but the best for you. And I just had to tell you that. And then the guy said, I thought you stopped me because of my hat. And what I was like, how was it? And when he pointed to his hat, it was a Make America Great Again hat. And I was like, I shouldn't okay. have that reaction, but I understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, I had that reaction inside. And then I was like, well, I'm here. What can I do now? And I said, no, I just, I told him that I had been spreading this message of love. And we had this really great conversation that ended with him saying, or I asked him, now that you've pointed out your hat, I got to ask you a question. And he said, go ahead. And he was like, bracing himself. And I just said, when has America actually been great? Like when you think of all its citizens, when has it been great for everyone? And he stopped for a second. And then he said, I don't guess it has considering what's going on now. And then we had this conversation about how I got on this mission of love. And it was like he had an aha moment. And I had a moment of recognizing that if I'm going to be in this space of love, and I have to be open to talk to anybody. I was just going to say, I so much respect both of you in that story because not only did he not shut you down or put up a wall, but he had a conversation and you had a conversation. Yeah. I like that. It was my dog. Well, dog people are kind of <laughs> the best people. But what happened is a couple of weeks later, okay, so people might think this is crazy, but you understand the whole spiritual thing. So I will just say I that. I understand the woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spirit said to me, you're just not on this fantastical love thing. This is like for real. And you have to be the love you want to see in the world. And when you look in the mirror, can you say you love yourself? And the answer was no. Like I, I wasn't. Aww. When I looked at myself in relationship to other relationships that I've had and the love that I gave those people, was I given that same amount of love to myself? The answer was no. So it started my self-love journey. 
And then I got married on the beach. Oh, you can't see it good because the light is right there. My wedding ring from me to me. Me and Tashi had a private ceremony on the beach in Monterey. <laughs> Tashi's your dog. Okay. Yeah. You got married to yourself. I got married to myself. And then I, I wrote myself vows. And I set about really being intentional about how I treated myself. Like, you know, just being mindful of what I put in my body. Stop drinking. Because I think a lot of the years since my mom passed and other, you know, heartbreaks and things like that just led to me drinking more. And I recognized that I wasn't drinking because I enjoyed drinking. I was doing it because I didn't want to deal with how I was feeling. So it just made me kind of get stripped down, you know, bare bones, but naked and look at myself and look at ways that I could really incorporate loving myself. And then the minute I did that, like the minute I stepped into that and said, okay, I'm going to do this. Then it was like all these opportunities for me to talk about love and to help people understand why love is important but starting with self first, because now I get it. The reason that this is important, the self-love part, is because we can't love each other unless we love ourselves. People treat each other like crap because they don't really love themselves. I would agree with that. So I was like, okay, well, if I, yeah, I get it now. I got to lead by example. So I can't be, you know, treating myself any old kind of way, telling people that we need to love and be more connected that way. True. But I don't know many people that go up to complete strangers and say, I love you and wish the best for you either. Yeah, it was. I mean, people, you could tell people were like, what? But nobody told me to go away. A couple people even said, I love you back. It was quite interesting. And only one person I, I used to go into the my favorite deli and just give them money to pay for whoever until the money was gone. And only one person declined the lunch offer. And the guy actually looked at me when he asked who did this, the guy pointed me out and he declined it. And I was like, well, that's not my issue. But it was just interesting to see. I didn't even give it any meaning. He just didn't accept it. Some people are gracious receivers and some people aren't. And, and that's really part of that love journey, There's right? There's a story in there that we don't know. Right. Exactly. I started to go ask him and then I said, nope, let it go. You, yep. you don't have to force this on anyone. People yeah. receive, receive when they want to and when they don't, they don't. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times where I have paid for the person behind me. And it's kind of fun because uh, depending on, of course, where they are in line, I actually used to make it a habit uh, of a local fast food place. It was also a place where officers would go. So <laughs> I would see them in line and I would just tell them, hey, I'm paying for their whatever it is. Just put this toward whatever. One time the cashier said, wow, that's really nice. So he apparently the the officers were getting a discount by coming in. So he's like, well, I'm going to give you the discount. You get it too. What? And they get a good discount. I don't remember. I was just like shocked. They get a discount? Everywhere. So, I mean, it comes back to you another way. Yeah. In fact, I was in a Starbucks not too long ago. Like this was a year and a half after this whole thing started. And the, the car in front of me paid for my stuff. And I was so excited. You would have thought they slipped $1,000 in my, thank you. But I couldn't thank them because they were gone, but it was awesome. Well, that's the thing. And I kind of like to do it and then run out and leave. I just want them to be happy and I don't want to have a conversation. Exactly. I just want it to be, you know. That simple random act of kindness is really about giving to someone else and not expecting anything in return. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing for us to do, right? Is to give something to someone and not expect anything in return. Like to say, I love you to a total stranger, 
and not expect them to say it back. Or I love you to somebody that you know. When I say I love you to whomever I say it to, I don't expect them to say it back to me. You're right. Depending on the person, there is an expectation. Or if let's say you say it to a stranger and maybe you came across this because I don't, I personally don't randomly go and maybe I'll change, but I haven't personally gone out and told strangers I love them. But have you had anyone go give you a weird look or just turn away? I mean, have you had a negative response to it? Not at all. Oh, there was shock. Like what? But I snapped them out of whatever zone they were in. Yeah, for sure. It definitely took them by surprise. Well, I love those stories. I love that. So can you tell me a little bit about your workshop, DEI Done Differently? It's really the umbrella and I have two programs under it, but DEI Done Differently is because for all my years in corporate America, there has been some diversity initiative. Before you go into that, can you talk a little bit about your corporate life? It's a long list. First job in corporate America when I was 17 years old because I didn't want to work minimum wage. And I had, um, let's just say that I excelled to the top of my class in the secretarial school that I went to. And when they sent us out on mock interviews, I had decided I was going to get the job. And so I did. And the best part of that story is the CEO that I was interviewing with called my mother to hire me and told her he was calling her because I was underage. I was under 18 and he needed permission to hire me. And my mother goes, are you going to pay her? And he's like, of course. And she's like, well, then, yeah, of course you can hire her. So anyway, that was my first job. And I kind of, my aunt told me I wouldn't make any money if I didn't get a degree. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm that person. You tell me that I can't do something and I'm going to prove you wrong. So I worked in different roles in corporate America from receptionist to accounting. I went into, I got as far up as a junior accountant, like not even with any degrees or anything. You don't have the accountant personality. Exactly. That's why it didn't last very long. And then I was a secretary for a while. And then I, I worked at this company and this guy used to come around and fix the computers. And I used to break my computer just to watch him come fix it. And then I was like, I want that job. Like there's a job where I can walk around, talk to people and fix their problems. I want that job. Uh, long story short, I figured out how to build computers and understand how they work inside. And I got, I knew all I needed to do was get an interview. And once I got the interview, I could get the job. And I did. I got my first job at the help desk at Bank of America. And I worked my way up from the help desk into a middle management position for Bayer Pharmaceuticals. And I had done like, you know, a million things in between that time in the IT space, project management, network engineering, server administration. And then I was like, okay, now I can go get my degree. So I quit corporate with six figure income. A degree versus the opposite. I get a degree. Around. Yeah. And then I got the degree in the thing I wanted to do, which was English and writing. I taught for a, a few years, but teachers don't make any money. So I had to go back to work. And then I got into process improvement. But I realized that when I left corporate America, I was done with corporate. And so I quit and I started my own business. And you and I met That's when we met when I was trying to get my new business up. But I knew that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It didn't even feel right. So now here we are. Fast forward. I said that really fast, right? You did. And I would also like to point out, you are also an author because you've written a book. I did. I wrote a book called Salmon Croquette. Do you have one handy (laughs) that you can show us? If not, not I will put a link. uh, If you're watching this, the listeners, if you're you're watching on video, it's going to be in the video description so you can buy it on Amazon, right? 
Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Where's it called? Salmon Croquettes. Croquettes. And it's not a cookbook. No. It's just called Salmon Croquettes because it was something my mom used to make on Fridays. And I she passed away in 96. And I wanted to always think of her. I wanted her to be a part of the story. So, yeah. I have the book. I have not read it yet. I apologize, but I do have the book. I did buy it. Uh, so we we forgot to put author in the very beginning. But right. Continue right. on with your story. So in all of those jobs, even in my teaching space, we did two things, sexual harassment and diversity training. Okay. And people would go through these workshops and then they would go back to business as usual. Right. We'd unpack all this stuff, but not really unpack it. We'd gloss over did why we're they- not connected. Do you think it was because it was required and people just tone out and like, I just putting in my time and doing what I'm told to do and go back home? Yeah. But it was also the approach that the, it was the workshop itself, right? It didn't really make you want to engage and think about how you show up in the world. It was just like, okay, we're all different and we need to accept our differences, but that wasn't really the point. So as part of me kind of stepping into my purpose, love was just the catalyst. I didn't even want to go into DEI work, like diversity, that, that's hard work. I didn't want to do it, but that was, that was where I was led. And this workshop came to me, literally, I woke up, half of it came to me in my sleep. The DEI done differently is a heart-based approach to emotion-based work because we have been approaching DEI stuff intellectually. We're not going to think our way through this. And sending people to read a book and then expecting them to figure it out on their own is also not going to help. Or specifically making white people feel shame and blame is not going to help because the whole point of the DEI work in the first place is to create a space that's diverse, that's equitable and inclusive. And if you make the people who are supposed to be making that possible feel some kind of way about it, then yeah, they're going to check a box. So two things, would that be where the love part comes in? That's exactly where the love. And also, I don't know. I don't like to say it's love because corporate America like shies away from love. But that's what I mean when I say heart based work. We need to connect at the heart level, right? Like that. Okay. Yeah. And and to your point, no one likes to be told they're wrong. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's an evaluation at work or whatever. People tend to turn tune that out. Um, Anyway, so your approach is much different then. Yeah, and to me. It's not about race because there's really only one race. That's the human race. Everything else is culture. And there is no reason that we should be at odds with one another because we come from different cultures. It's the thing that makes America what it is. I can't say America's great because it ain't great for everybody. But the cultural mix that we have does make it better. I've been in different places around the world. And I will say that not having the cultural mix, you can see the difference, right? So I created Safe to Ask is a coaching leadership program. So it's leadership, but it's got this component that allows allies or people committed to racial reconciliation or leaders who, who lead diverse people a safe space to ask questions so that they're not saying the wrong thing in, in diverse spaces, right? Because I recognize a lot of the reasons that that happens is because people feel uncomfortable, helping you understand that discomfort and being comfortable with being uncomfortable is part of that safe to ask program. The other program is lean into love, but love is an acronym and the L's are interchangeable. So it's listen, learn, and lead open-mindedly with vulnerability and empathy. And it's a three-day workshop that happens over three weeks. 
that focuses on listening, learning, and leading. And the last day is literally about now we've learned how we listen and communicate with each other. We've learned some things about what it means to immigrate into America, how our cultural differences, how race has kind of pit us against each other, and understanding that when you peel back the layers, we're all people and how to connect with each other in a way that's meaningful. And then the last day is, okay, now that you've learned all that, how do you lead by example? How do you take what you've learned and create a social contract that either works in your team for the organization, but then outwardly into your circles in your community? Because I don't believe that there's a work self and a home self, right? Who you are is who you are. And a lot of people come to work and they've created this persona that they have at work. And the minute they get stressed out, guess what? That real person shows up. And then people are like, where'd that come from? I've been there myself. No, I understand that. So how can someone um, reach out to you to learn more about these programs? Do you have a criteria for, is it just corporate? Is it groups? Is it like, what is your criteria for those workshops typically? There's a corporate one. And then there's one for individuals that I'm actually going to launch. I'm hoping to launch that one mid to late February for individuals. It's kind of hard with COVID because that kind of work really should be done in person, but we can't. So in a team environment, it's easier to do it because everybody knows each other, but it's harder to do it when you're on Zoom and people are coming from different places. So, And the coaching is available to anyone who, like I said, is committed to. So you do uh, one-on-one coaching as well? Yeah. The the safe to ask is a one-on-one coaching. You can find that on glodeanchampion.com. Yeah. Let's take a look at your site here while I have you. Okay. I'm going to share my screen for all those uh, listeners. And if you're watching video, you're seeing my screen. Look at this site. Uh, look at that site. Oh, that's coach, my only page. Coach, educator, speaker, storyteller. And uh, by the way, you're also a photographer. I am. You're just like everything. <laughs> but here's your um, underneath the coach headline. Glodine Champion. If you're listening on your favorite podcast, you should see the link to Glodine's website in the description, as well as YouTube uh, description. You'll see that. We'll have that there for you as well. So you can- Oh yeah, my teachable moments are coming back. And- Yes, we talked about that. This week, teachable moments are coming back this week. That'll be on YouTube and LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and Instagram. Oh, wow. You're just going everywhere with it. Good for you. Except they'll be on Tuesdays instead of Mondays. Now. So tell me real quick what teachable moments are. So I'm using a teachable it's, it's, moments now. It's every um, Monday, right? Every Tuesday. I'm going to change that. <laughs> it was Monday. Now it's Tuesday. It was Monday. But now it's Tuesday because it's under the umbrella of my DEI done differently. Because what I recognized when I started looking back on these teachable moments and the ones that I was thinking about doing, they are all around the way we interact with each other. And it's usually based around cultural differences. So yeah, taking things personally, bias. Yeah, like even those right there, two wrongs don't make a right. All of those things were dealing with Karen in the workplace. Oh, Karen. So I have a hard time with the Karen issue, the Karen word, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole point, right? What if we loved each other? I feel like we have a choice to consciously be self-aware. People who run around not self-aware do stuff like that. People are, who are self-aware are not that way. I agree. Self-aware is a huge thing. Look at you. Look at that dress and your speaker <laughs> as well. I love it. I love everything that you have done. 
And what I'd like to know before we sign off here is what do you want to share with everyone today? I'm putting you on the spot. But I mean, first of all, you married yourself, which is such an amazing concept. I love that. We went on the right hand, though, so that the left hand is available. If you're single, you don't want. Exactly. It confused people. Actually, isn't there like a, I think some diamond store, maybe it was on a movie where they're like, you know, diamond for your right hand. Cause you know, it needs a diamond too. I wouldn't be surprised. I can't remember if that was in a movie or if it was a, a commercial, but anyway, what would you like listeners to end this conversation between you and I could be teachable to them? What are you feeling in your heart today? That at the very base level of who we are, there is more that connects us than separates us. And if we just allow ourselves when engaging with people that we maybe don't know or maybe have different points of view from, if you sit long enough in the conversation, you will find commonality. So sitting through that discomfort, sitting in the conversation and allowing the other person to be heard, because that is one basic need that we all have is to be heard. Allowing the other person to just say what they say. We don't have to change their mind. We don't have to force them to feel the way we feel, right? Give them the space to say how they feel and stay in the conversation. And I guarantee you, staying in the conversation will help you find commonality. And once you find that commonality, all that political, religious, whatever stuff that's separating you will fall by the wayside. And you'll have a human interaction. That will change your life and your day. Like if, if no other thing, it'll change your perspective on how you address people and move through your discomfort yeah. on the way to love and connection. That's wonderful. And I would say that even just being kind to people, just with a smile, even when you walk, makes such a yeah. difference. So since we're both dog people, I have to tell you, because I rescued uh, this guy, but he likes his tennis balls. Like he wants to have that in his mouth. It's his, like you don't, it's in his mouth, it's his. Right. So we will actually, I'll take him out to the park and throw it. But then when we're done, he gets to keep it and he walks with it in his mouth. And I watch people like, just like, they're just, you know, the runners are just, and everyone's just in their mode and they'll look at him just like so happy that he's got this right well as well and their faces are just like so you know what I mean like it's exactly and I just when you say to walk up and you know talk to people and say I just imagine that's like that's a relief you know from whatever it is they're going through it's just a little happiness relief that's exactly what it is yeah well, thank you so much, Claudine. I really appreciate your time and we'll have all the links and I hope we talk again. Yes, please. That would be awesome. All right. thank, thank you so you. much.